Sony. Hello, Canada. It's Tony here in Saskatchewan. Today's date is June 18th, 2021. And this is another Canadian common sense rant. It is an absolutely beautiful, calm evening here on the prairies. And I'm just watching the sunset. Today is one of the longest days of the year. Three more days will be the longest day of the year. And we will reach the vernal equinox, and then days will begin to get shorter. The nice thing with this time of year is the sunset lasts for hours. And anybody who lives on the prairies now in Canada or the United States or has visited will never forget the sunrises or the sunsets because they encompass the entire horizon. They're, they're stunning. They're amazing. I love living here. I I love this country. This is uh this is an amazing country from British Columbia with its pristine lakes and lush forests, beautiful flowing rivers, the wide open prairies with fantastic views and ever-changing landscapes, the Canadian shield that juts up small granite mountains and forests and lakes all across our north. To the Maritimes, where you'll find the warmest, most welcoming, hospitable people anywhere on the planet. I love this country. Lewis loves this country. That's one of the reasons we started this show, Canadian Common Sense. We love this country, and we hate to see the direction that it's going in. And that's going to be the subject of my rant tonight is this country is fantastic. This country is a great place to raise a family. This country has so much potential that it has rarely, if ever, lived up to. And that all comes down to one central problem, one word, and that word is government. And I know what many of you are thinking. Government is a problem everywhere. It is, but I had said in a rant a couple of years ago that Lord Durham, who was once a governor of the colonies of Canada and oversaw the Canadian response or the British response to the 1837 rebellion in Upper and Lower Canada, issued a report when he resigned from his post in 1838 and was returning to England. And yes, 1838 had penned in his report that Canada is the most overgoverned country in the world in 1838. He was likely very correct then, and those words are certainly true now. And I know that governments in general are usually hated and usually bloated, inefficient behemoths, but I think Canada is special in that I want to believe, at least, that governments in other countries at least have some minute interest in the people over which they govern. I don't believe that about Canada's government. See, the problem in Canada is Ottawa, largely 
the government in Ottawa, which itself is a beautiful area of the country too. And not even so much this whole city of Ottawa, but Parliament Hill in Ottawa. Because see, Parliament Hill, specifically the House of Commons, is where 338 of the dumbest, most egotistical, selfish buffoons in all of the country gather to make laws for the rest of us, firmly believing that what they say, do, and profess to know is best for all 38 million of us. Well, they're wrong, quite simply. And there's a term that says auto-washed, and that is a term for people who spend too much time in Ottawa and end up being caught up in this bubble that exists within Ottawa and much of the Laurentian Triangle, for that matter. And they get to believe that they belong there and that what they are doing actually is righteous and good and correct. And remember what I just said, that they are 338 of the dumbest people from all across Canada who just happen to get themselves elected to office at the same time every few years. And then we have the Senate, which is 100 plus more of equally selfish, egotistical morons who rubber stamp all of the stuff that the other morons from the House of Commons throw out to the Senate in the ways of legislation and bills and laws, the bills that will become law, I should say, that govern over Canadians. And even just in this pandemic times, there have been a number of absolutely ridiculous laws that the Senate has just rubber stamped. I actually heard on an interview recently, a gentleman from Blacklock's reporter, Tom Korski, has said that the Senate in Canada has not rejected a government bill in 21 years. So you've got to go back to nearing the end of Jean Chrétien's time as Prime Minister as being the last time the Senate actually said no to the House of Commons. That's absolutely crazy. And goes to prove what I said a couple minutes ago about an assembly of the dumbest, most egotistical people in Canada all gathering in one building on Parliament Hill to profess to each other for themselves how smart and accomplished they are and show the general public, we the peasants, how absolutely imbecilic they all are. So what our morons in Parliament have done just recently, in fact, while Lewis and I were recording our show two days ago, the gathering of 338 of the stupidest people in Canada, in the House of Commons, all of our MPs, were gathered for an opposition day. Now, on opposition day, the opposition parties in, in the House of Commons are allowed to make motions, present legislation, have their own bills debated, 
etc etc so that they we can carry on the farce that they actually have some kind of role in government lewis introduced the word theater uh into the political realm on our show on wednesday and that is exactly the best descriptor for opposition days in in the house of commons it's theater it's political theater where opposition parties can introduce bills that have about a 1% chance of even surviving that day in the House of Commons. And they can make motions to be voted on, which never actually have any meaning because motions are non-binding, but they make for good. There's the word again, theater. They make very good theater so that we can have this illusion that our opposition is actually somewhat effective. And of course, everybody claps and cheers like, the, bar- the bunch of barking trained seals that they are. And nothing gets accomplished. Until Wednesday, that is. And none of those morons in the House of Commons actually believed that they were accomplishing anything with this latest motion that I'm about to talk about. But the repercussions of that motion are going to be felt for a generation. A Bloc Québécois motion today was introduced to affirm something Lewis and I had talked about for the past couple of weeks, to affirm Premier Francois Legault's assertion that Quebec can just unilaterally change the Constitution when it pertains to matters that they believe are provincial affairs. So in this case, Premier Legault of Quebec wanted to amend the Constitution over language rights to recognize Quebec as a nation in Canada and French as the official language of the nation of Quebec. Justin Trudeau almost immediately said, oh yeah, he can do that. Yeah, of course, because it's A, it's Quebec, and you know Justin Trudeau is a Quebecer. And we've all seen the video of him when he was much younger talking about how Quebecers are just better than anybody else in Canada. Canada only does does well when people from Quebec are in charge. I'm going to leave that one alone. So this motion introduced by the Bloc to say that, yes, indeed, we recognize that Quebec can unilaterally change the Constitution, was supported, voted, uh, voted in, yes, 281 to 2 in favor of the motion to support Quebec's right, quote-unquote, to amend the Constitution. Now, I know, two minutes ago I just said that these motions are nothing but political theater and these motions have no teeth, they're non-binding. Absolutely true. And while Bloc leader Yves-Francois Blanchet can feel good about himself that he's had this motion pass overwhelming support, those idiots on Parliament Hill probably don't even bat an eye and think that that motion will actually mean anything. But that's going to reverberate for a very long time because Francois Legault is already going ahead with his idea that he can just amend the Constitution. And he's a smart cookie. He knows that there's an election coming up. He knows that all the federal leaders are going to be trampling through Quebec begging for votes And he knows that he's very popular in Quebec. And so are the issues that he's facing. Or putting forward, I should say. 
and this being one of them, which is why Justin Trudeau immediately came out and said he can amend the Constitution, which is why conservative leader Aaron O'Toole has said, well, that shouldn't be a problem, and uh, not going to oppose that, which is why Jagmeet Singh says, oh, indeed, Quebec indeed is distinct within Canada, and tripped over himself to, uh, to applaud Premier Legault. Premier Legault was going to take that ball and run with it because nobody federally opposed Bill 96, which everyone should have. Justin Trudeau's father would have because if, if as flawed as he was, and which is he was very flawed, he was a nationalist. He was a Canadian first. He was a patriot. That's probably the only credit I can give him for anything. But instead, you've got all these federal party leaders who are fawning over Francois Legault and pleading for Quebec votes, knowing that they have to pander to Quebec if they want to have any kind of success in the election. And Quebecers know this. So now they're going, Monsieur Legault is going to go ahead with Bill 96, completely unopposed by anybody, and knowing he has the support, I'll use that in air quotes, of the House of Commons with the Bloc Québécois motion passing so overwhelmingly, Monsieur Legault will take will take that result of that motion into any court case that comes up, challenging Bill ninety six on constitutional grounds. I don't even know that there would be such a court case, but I'm hoping at least somebody gets the cojones to oppose. And then, if that happens, Monsieur Legault will say. Justin Trudeau himself said said that he saw nothing in the Constitution that said I couldn't do this. No federal party leader said that we could not do this. And the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, who happens to be from Quebec, what a coincidence, will likely also not oppose, as he is a Quebecer, although he does sound like a a quite a level-headed man from what interviews I've heard of him. But... It will be very difficult, even in the legal system, to oppose anything that Quebec does going forward. And that's the problem, is that other provinces in Canada don't seem to understand that they could do the same thing. The only taxpayers in Canada that actually get any value for their tax money are those in Quebec, because so much federal money pours into Quebec just to appease them, and really just to appease Quebec governments, not even necessarily to appease Quebecers. In other provinces, look at what Quebec has, and I hear this all the time, well, we want what Quebec has. Well, then why don't you demand it? But we don't. And... At least Alberta Premier Jason Kenney, for all his faults, and he has been a quite a horrible premier, he actually said, well, if Quebec can just change the Constitution over language issues, then Alberta should be able to amend the Constitution over equalization. And Alberta is having a referendum on equalization in their civic election ballots in October. I say, why not? If Quebec can do it, So can you. 
if Quebec can change the Constitution over language, then why can't Saskatchewan change the Constitution over Catholic school funding, for example, which is something we just recently used the notwithstanding clause for, which is why I bring that up. But no other province seems to have the balls that Quebec has. And I get it. No other province is as pivotal to electoral success as Quebec, except maybe British Columbia. But British Columbia is so largely governed by hard leftist Vancouver and the Lower Mainland that the views of the overwhelming 99% of, of British Columbia's landmass are often not heard. So that brings us back to Quebec. Because there are 79 electoral seats to be had in Quebec, a party almost, almost always needs Quebec votes to win a majority government. Now, Stephen Harper proved in 2011 that you can become prime minister, you can get a majority government without an overwhelming block of votes in Quebec, although he did win about 30 seats, so it was almost half. But it always comes down to Quebec, and Quebecers know this, and they will take the free pass that is being given to them right now by all these federal leaders who do not give a crap about the rest of Canada and instead are kissing the hind end of the Quebec government for votes, for short-term gain, because they want to win an election. They don't care about Canada. They care about Quebec because they want power over the rest of Canada. Had enough yet? This is the problem with Canada. It is a government in Ottawa that cares about one tiny region of this country that I have called, referred to before as the Laurentian Triangle, which has a little triangle if you connect the dots between Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal, because that is where the majority of the votes are, and that is the area of the country that gets pandered to. And since Quebec tends to scream the loudest, that seems to be where all the attention goes. And until we can do something with this completely broken electoral system in this country, and until we can stop sending the absolute dimmest and dumbest of our people to represent us in Ottawa, nothing's going to change. And until we demand it, this is the government we're going to get.